With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. edition of uh, Rubber Guard Radio. I am your host, KZ. Um, tonight's show is brought to you by our sponsors, FogCityWrestling.com. Um, Fog City's next show is in July. It's on July 5th. It's uh, from Kizar Auditorium in San Francisco. Uh, FogCityWrestling.com. And our other sponsor would be WrestleWarehouse.com. Um, if you need Lucha Libre masks, um, independent DVDs, uh, T-shirts, WWE swag, Wrestle Warehouse is the place for you. Um, they uh, they carry a bunch of different stuff. And uh, tell Jeff, the owner, that KZ from RubberGuard Radio sent you. Okay. And from the 818, who am I speaking with? Hello. This must be White Trash Johnny Weather. How you doing, brother? How you doing? I'm fine and dandy up here in, up here in Northern California. It's actually a nice Was day. I uh, punctual enough? Just on time, sir. Okay, there you go. Cool, cool. Well, we're going we're gonna to start from the top, man. How did you get it, become interested in this wacky business? Oh, man, you got to ask me questions like that? Shit. Well, sure. Um... I don't know, I guess it was uh, 95 or whatever, uh, you know, when uh, the big uh, Monday Night Wars were going on, I guess, uh, is when uh, more people seemed to be uh, advertising the fact that you could actually go somewhere and uh, learn how to wrestle. So. so are you originally from Southern California or? Yes. Yes, I, I started out with uh, Slammers, mm-hmm. where uh, you uh, you got the Messiah from, and uh, if you remember early days of uh, XPW, uh, Carlito Montana. Um, I also, uh, well, one of the guys who uh, trained me was uh, Dynamite D, who's passed away a year ago, and uh, 
also one of the one of the senior guys there was uh, uh, beautiful Bruce Bodine, but you probably better know him as uh, Ed Ferrara. So, well, you mentioned him. Do you have any um, beautiful Bruce Bodine stories? Uh, he liked to wear pink a lot, and he had uh, bleach blonde hair back in the day. Uh, he had that not a, not at all like uh, what's that? He had that uh, big curly white man afro going on, and yeah, it was kind of like a blonde. He kind of looked like a blonde Garvin, is what he looked like. You know what? That's that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, actually, now that I think back, and when when he would bleed, it would look really really cool because the his hair was so bleached blonde and it was so poofy in the front. It just it just looked crazy. Looked crazy. So so Dynamite D broke you in, and did you work for uh, the Slammers company? Did they did they run shows under their own banner or? Yes, yes, they did. It, it was a, it was a school that uh, that ran shows, and uh, part of your training was you would uh, you would do these shows for free, which uh, you know nowadays. Uh, well, even back then on the indie scene, it's uh, what's the difference, right? You know, I mean, it was. Uh, so, um, you know, you weren't uh, you weren't getting rich uh, anywhere else uh, otherwise. So, it uh, it seemed like a big deal at the time, but but uh, in retrospect, it was it was pretty nice. It was I got good memories at least. So, who who was your uh, your first match with? Was it with D? No, my first match was with. Um, Tyrone Tiny Little, who later, later in uh, XPW was known as Sybil. Mm. Wow. Jeez, that's, that's back in the day. I, I I hear Slammers or Slam Slammer University. I think of the little ads on that they had on the back of the PWIs back in the day. You know, they were one. Yeah, of I mean that's how I found them. You know. There you go. There you go. So. Um, did you continue to train and then uh, work outside bookings, or or did you, um, you know, quote unquote, graduate and you know, fly away from the nest? Or no, I, I believe uh, technically I was kicked out, uh, as most of us were, because the uh, basically everything that you had to adhere to was uh, pretty strict, and uh, we uh, for whatever reason. Uh, we used to do shows every Thursday in Bakersfield, you know, and I was uh, living down here in uh, in uh, Orange County at the time, actually. So uh, that was no fun making that uh, trip up there on a Thursday every night, because according to Vern Langdon, the uh, the man who ran Slammers uh, in Bakersfield, uh, it's uh, that's the tradition. That was the traditional night to run shows. Now, I mean, that's probably uh, you know by uh 1950 standards or whatever and uh but to him it was it was all the same so which was so, kind of funny because most people uh if you asked them on the street uh, if they even knew uh that or if they even knew where the venue was most people would would just shake their heads so <laughs> so after after you broke away from slammers um what were the other companies that that you that you were finding work with well, um, first what I did is I, I decided to continue my training 
with uh, it was called uh, IWF at the time, Impact Wrestling. And so then I continued my training with uh, Cincinnati Red. Uh, also at the time there was um, Christopher Daniels, Navajo Warrior, uh, Gary Key, who was uh, known as Tool. And um, my uh, what would become my uh, tag team partner, uh, Dirty Dan Hansen, when we were uh, a tag team known as Trailer Trash. So we uh, we did shows up there in uh, Simi Valley, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and just and just basically trained with them for like another year and, and did shows, and then um, also doing shows for just. Uh, you know, r- random people, you know, feds that, you know, lasted two shows or whatever here and there. Uh, a million of those. Um, UIWA worked for them as well. well that uh, was Alex, that was Alex, jeez, uh, uh, what was his last name? Um, damn it. Alex Knight? Uh, thank you, Alex Knight. Well, that was his company, right? No, I, he was running down here too. I worked once or twice for him also, but uh, no, that was um, uh, I believe Doc Marley was there, and um, I'm not sure who was really running that promo. I, I guess it was Cincinnati Red that was actually running that promotion. So with uh, Gary Key. So when when you were doing doing the shots for IWF, um, were you ever in the ring with Daniels? As an opponent? No. No? No. He, uh, we had done shows together. Uh, he even did an XPW show. Um, but no, we, ne- we never had any matches together, no. Mm. Well, what, what are your opinions of, of uh, Chris Daniels' work? Oh, he's great. I mean, um, you know, back then there was, you know, everyone's faced with the decision, you know, am I going to... Am I gonna, you know, do this as a a weekend warrior, or am I gonna, you know, just uh, eat dog food or or whatever I have to do to just uh, to re- to really focus on being a professional wrestler, you know? So, um, and uh, I guess I guess a lot of us, you know, what we were seeing on television at the time, because it wasn't uh, things weren't changing over yet. Mm-hmm. So. Um, in in terms of you know like what the what the hybrid guys are now you know now now it's uh n- now there's more hope for uh the 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 smaller guys you know to uh to make it you know but back then those guys you know guys like Daniels you know uh the Hardys you know all these people like that who who just uh just said fuck it and just you know pressed on and and convinced themselves you know if if uh if if I just keep at it, uh, hopefully I'll break in somehow, you know. And and, and I admire those guys for uh, for pushing it like that, you know. Well, they they did happen to to come at the right time too. So I mean, it, this business is just not about who you know, or it's just not about talent. Sometimes it's just luck. Yes. You know, really. I mean, sometimes things just fall right into your lap, and you know, there's nothing you can do about it whether it's good bad or indifferent exactly so, um, so who actually owned and ran the IWF I believe that was Gary Key and Cincinnati Red okay 
and then uh and then after a while then um some of the guys from from slammers had decided to uh to splinter off from uh and uh, form their own fed which uh dynamite d and kevin kleinrock started up which was uh SCCW, socal and um that's when we started uh doing more of our own shows with our guys you know that's where uh Damien Steele came from all I mean, you know, Damien Steele he also came from uh Slammers as well. And um so a, a lot of us there we uh and uh Homeless Jimmy um I'm forgetting a bunch of people right now. But uh yeah, we 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 splintered off, started doing our own shows. You know, we'd uh be trying to get the word out there uh and uh, stumbled onto Rob Black uh, from one of, one of our many uh, flyering sessions. I, I guess we flyered some uh, house show at the pond or something like that. And I guess Rob had gone to some show and saw our flyers and got in touch with uh, Kevin. And and then uh, that's pretty much how uh, XPW was born. So when when people tell you that uh, that flyering is a waste of time. Uh, I beg to differ, because sometimes something yeah. else can come of it. So, I, I have to agree. There, I, to be honest, I don't think there's enough flyering going on. But that, yeah, that's just me. You you cannot just advertise on the internet. You need to, you know, there's got to be some type of local, local type of promoting going on. So, XPW, or at least the the idea of XPW was put together. Um, were you one of the first guys brought in? Yes. Okay. So uh Bas- basically the the whole Rob Black story is uh he was uh you know uh from the East Coast so he was a big uh ECW fan, got very f- friendly with them, you know, as you can imagine, you know, hey there's this porn guy who's a big mark and likes hanging out and likes bringing uh, broads to the shows and whatnot and so um he basically wanted to uh to uh you know propose a uh partnership with uh Paul Heyman wanted to uh be his representation for a uh for you know a west coast branch if you will and uh wanted to help him to expand but um like most promoters you know uh I think all promoters have that control freak gene in them. And um, you know, basically was uh his his uh his attitude was uh, no thanks, I'll do it myself. So uh I guess Rob just uh got it in his mind to go ahead and um just uh, start his own promotion. So uh you know, he he sort of person uh he sort of um purposely uh looked for people that uh that were ECW types to make his uh XPW brand out here on the west coast so uh so that that's uh in a nutshell basically how I ended up with a cane because uh he basically uh wanted me to be his uh, sandman type you know okay um before we get going on the on the um the XPW stuff, um I'm gonna drop a name and I, I would like your honest opinions about him. 
Wild Man Jack Armstrong. Who? <laughs> Did you say who? Yeah. You don't you don't know of Wild Man Jack Armstrong? Uh, I, I don't think so. Okay. He Could was, you describe him? Uh, looks kind of like uh, Michael Hayes. Uh, and uh, what, what would his era be? Well, he was an indie guy in the mid-80s out there. He was based out of there, out of L.A., and he would do TV stuff for New York, and he worked for the old California Championship Wrestling, where he feuded with uh, Junior Maivia. Yeah, that, was, I'm uh, not familiar, sorry. No, okay. Okay, I was just I was going through the, the online world of wrestling profiles, and I saw Jack Armstrong. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. He, he may know of him. Okay, so you guys started, you started the XPW product, and Mr. Black obviously wanted to go with more of a more of an extreme type of product. Um, now I'm I'm going to be straight with you. Do you prefer working a more scientific type of style or the hardcore stuff? Uh, either one. You know, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a high flyer. I'm actually more of a mat wrestler, I think. But um, you know, you get you get niched into something, and then. That's what people want, or whatever you know. That's why I uh, I indulge myself even now to this day with little shows on the side here, you know, uh, because you know I've I went out there and and pretty much you know learned whatever I could, you know. I pursued like all styles, you know, so I could learn as much as I could about everything, you know. So so I did some lucha and you know uh, pretty much everything else and. And uh, you know, just uh, try to try to do a little of everything. But uh, obviously, an XPW is more of just a uh, hardcore type of style, I guess. Okay. <clears throat> now, was was XPW? Um, it was able to run on its own, uh, as far as Mr. Black was concerned, or did he have investors? Do you know? And um, I'm asking. Did he have to answer to anybody like Heyman had to answer to people when that you know where there 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 weren't anybody that anybody else that he had to please? No, I mean it was all. I mean that's why uh, that's why it dried up like it did because uh, he was financing it all through the adult company and uh, and there were a couple times where he kind of reached out to uh, different investors, you know, so that it wouldn't uh, the one thing wouldn't tax the other as much. But um, but then you know he kind of became the the same type of animal you know as Heyman you know he didn't uh, you know he he would have loved uh, financial backing but he didn't want to uh, relinquish any control either you know right that makes sense I mean it, if it is your company you know it, it is your toy so you're going to play with it and right and you don't want anybody else telling you how to play with your toy exactly. And if a person's going to give you money, more than likely, that's what they're going to want. They're going to want to. They're going to want to open their mouth. They're wanting. To, they're going to want to interject their opinion. So. Yeah. So okay, how long? How long from when 
you guys all uh, agreed to start the company to the first show? In other words, how long did it take to get the venue and, and get everything set in place? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I th- I think I think once they finally like sat down and said, okay, we're gonna do this. Let's go. Uh, let's go look for guys. You know, uh, let's uh, scoop up talent out there. And um, and he tried to do it very professional like. And a lot of the indie guys here uh, uh, didn't want to have anything to do with that kind of stuff. You know, because he was asking everyone to uh, to uh, stop working the uh, you know all the other little guys and he wanted them to really treat it like it was a, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, like the the fourth or the fifth or whatever number promotion, you know, mm-hmm. you know that, that it was now going to be the 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 big number four or five or whatever, and uh, wanted people to be exclusive, and you know, some people were like, okay, great, and some people were like, uh, forget it, you know. I mean, it it, it makes sense if. If you're if you're running, you know, I mean, heck, even every weekend you can you can ask someone to not not do that. But if you're only running one weekend a month, it's kind of difficult. Right. To, you know, ROH now barely gets gets away with it with running two weekends and having their guys not you know not work for other companies. And it's I, I don't understand how these guys guys that work for TNA now. You know, they go, they work two TVs a month, and then a pay-per-view once a month, and then they can't do anything else on on anybody else's TV or DVD releases. Right. I don't understand. It's not fair to the other guys. I mean, you got to eat. Well, I mean, I'm sure this isn't a shock to you, but you know, most promoters don't give a fuck. You know. Oh well. It's like either you're in or you're out, and we don't care about your problems. You know. So if a guy, you know ask you you know to do it a certain way or or to uh, adopt this policy you know and you're not interested then then that's the end of that you know so okay let's see uh, all right so now when you when you first debuted for for XPW um the guys, yeah, the guys that were being, you know, behind the scenes, the the guys who were booking things, um, did they consider you a main eventer right away? Um, I don't know. Considering, I, they, considering they started from scratch, where everybody, it was a clean slate for everybody. Right. So I'm I'm kind of asking, where on the card were you slotted when you first came in? Um. I, I guess I guess I was pretty much in the basement, you know. I had a, my first match was with, uh, with Phenomenal Phil, and I guess it was like uh, maybe the second or third match, you know, on the card. And uh, and I lost that match, and uh, on my birthday, and uh, yeah, that's that's another little interesting fact is that uh, that uh, XPW and I have the same birthday, so July thirty first. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. <clears throat> wow. Okay. So also, the same birthday as uh, as uh, the uh, recently crowned uh, SoCal Rookie of the Year, uh, Big Nasty Eric Watts. That's a big kid, isn't he? Yes. That's a little shout out to and, my my little chocolate brother. And you know the thing the thing with, that's scary about Eric is that he's not done growing. No. 
You know, he's still a baby, and he's not done growing. Um, he's a rather large gentleman, and, and the, the, the sky's the limit for him. But we'll, we'll talk about current stuff, current stuff a little later. Um, <clears throat> okay, so now this wasn't the first time you worked with Phil. You've worked with Phil before, correct? Yeah, um, uh, mostly, uh, I guess that's where we met up was in IWF. Yeah, so... So that's uh, we we started doing shows there. Um, usually, me and my tag partner would go against him and a guy named uh, uh, Johnny Hemp, who's who's kind of just you know pot smoker gimmick type thing, you know. So it was John Johnny Hemp and uh, Phenomenal Phil. They were known as uh, Phenomenal Buzz, and uh, I, and uh, they. You know, we we had wars with them, trailer trash versus uh, phenomenal buzz. That's pretty cool. I dig that phenomenal buzz. That's a pretty pretty uh, pretty cool uh, name. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go through some results here. I'm looking at September 24th, 99 in the toilet bowl of California. I mean Reseda. I'm sorry. And you are in the in a match with Big Dick and Damian Steele. Yes. Um, any, well, you you broke in with uh, Damien. Right. But uh, do you have any big dick stories? Uh, I, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, you know, the 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 man has passed away. You know, maybe maybe I should just keep those to myself. I don't know. <laughs> okay. They're a bit they're a bit they're a bit wild. So. I, I I tried to set you up there, but you didn't bite. So. But I I tried to set you up. And he, he you know, he was a great guy, you know, really, real easy to get along with, you know, and, uh, and, uh, really loved, uh, Rob's idea of, you know, trying to, uh, start up a new, uh, flavor, you know, a new flavor of extreme out here on, uh, the West Coast. So, so he was, uh, you know, he was kind of like the, the, the general at the time, you know. Well, on the line, I have my tag team partner and San Diego independent worker, Alex. Oh, no. What's going on, Alex? Hey, what's going on? Oh, this guy. Hey, Mr. Webb. <laughs> yeah, my voice is still messed up from Saturday, but um, I got a couple of questions real quick. Yeah, I just I just washed all the uh, dirt and tortillas out of my hair, so. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, I, I, I poked out my head at a Sunday show and saw that. That was wild. It's like the the fans were like laughing during mine and Eric's match, but they were like very violent and angry during y'all's match. I don't know what it was. Probably probably being uh, pelted with uh, tortillas. They probably weren't too <laughs> crazy about that. So, <laughs> well, uh, it was an honor of mine to be able to say I worked the show with Johnny Webb. So I appreciate it. And um, what a suck ass. I mean, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> But uh, that guy Merrick did. It was not an honor to work a show with him, I'd say that. It was wrong with Chimera. He's a Who? good guy. <laughs> Who? <laughs> exactly. Who's that? Um, so, from what I understand, in the early days, I mean, uh, from from the, well, not from what I understand, from what I saw in the early days of XCW, you were managed by Missy Hyatt. How many shows did that go on, and what are your thoughts on Missy Hyatt? Well, uh... Mom and I, I mean, Missy and I were, uh, 
you know, I I don't know whose idea was that. I guess they just you know wanted to to find you know whatever names they could that were from the the old ECW and and bring them in. And I guess they thought that was a good idea to to you know put us together. And you know, I guess it was fun for what it was, but um, I don't know. Just. Uh, not, I can't really say I have bad or or fond memories or anything. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, was it? Do you know whose decision it was to bring Misty out here to manage you? Was it something that you wanted to do? Or? No, no, it was it was definitely like a, a Rob idea, a Rob Black idea. So, you know, yeah, I figured, uh, eh, what the hell, you know? Can't hurt, huh? Somebody to light my cig- cigarettes and give me my beer, and you know. And um, and when when I uh, I was in San Francisco and I spoke to Dave Marquez and he was telling me some of the stories that happened to him when he was in XPW. How exactly did Dave Marquez come into XPW? And what are your thoughts of Dave Marquez? <sighs> well, um, one day, I don't know what year it was, but uh, Dave Marquez uh, got off the boat from uh, Missouri and uh, popped into our uh, offices and. Uh, just uh, had a whole new vision for us and uh, ways of uh, generating uh, advertising dollars and uh, this and that. And, and of course, that meant uh, we were going to have to clean up our act and whatnot. And uh, and then pretty much that was that. Because he was trying to sell this, uh, this uh, concept of, of cleaning up XPW cleaning up the whole extreme thing and, and just being a very, um, uh, just very uh, old school WCW type of promotion, you know, and, and Rob wasn't going to have anything to do with that, you know. But, you know, it, from the uh, from the production side, you know, he was he was very helpful. So, so Rob, you know, kept him for those sort of things and, you know, and, helped out for a while but uh you know it it just it, it wasn't going to last because they were just two uh two different guys you know that just eventually weren't going to work out together interesting interesting so were you still with XPW when they ended up making the expansion out east what's that were you still with XPW when they ended up expanding out east uh yeah yeah um i was uh i was still with them for the first couple of uh, Philly shows. What were your thoughts on uh, the expansion? And uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on the expansion? Well, you know, I mean, it you know, it seemed promising at the time in terms of uh, the uh, promotion. But you know, you have to remember, I, I was also an employee of Rob Black at the time in his adult company. Basically, that's. Uh, you know all the all the XPW product you saw out there. You know I, I edited all of that stuff. I basically uh, became an editor for him. You know it was because of him that I that I learned uh, editing, video editing, and and whatnot. So so you know I was I was making uh, two incomes from that, um, and uh, you know since I since I. Uh, knew what was going on in both worlds, you know, in, in, in the wrestling side of his business 
and the adult side of his business, I knew that uh, that if something you know really big was going to come along soon, in terms of some sort of financial help, that um, that he would end up losing one or the other, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what What were your thoughts on all of the uh, promotions in the East Coast kind of rallying? Uh, against XPW coming in because I know Ring of Honor and uh, CCW uh, they started uh, co-promoting shows and stuff like that so what are your thought, opinions on that? I just uh, you know I mean they, they saw what we were putting together the, the type of uh, product that we were putting together in terms of you know uh, we we had the ability to get our DVDs and and stuff out there, and we were uh, we were better suited for uh, getting our name out there. You know, we were able to spend money on TV advertising, and whatnot. So, you know, they they obviously saw us as a threat, and you know, especially where uh, where New Alhambra is concerned. You know, they uh, they probably just didn't want another Fed, you know, uh, running in that building. Because I mean, that it seemed to me like that was the big problem, was that they didn't want us in that building specifically, you know. How uh, how happy was the XCW office to uh, finally be able to run in the ECW arena? Because like you had covered earlier, that Rob Black was a, a huge ECW mark. So, what were the thoughts and feelings finally running that first show at the New Alhambra? Well, you know, I'm sure you know all those guys were. Uh, we're happy about it, you know, especially Rob, because uh, the longer uh, XPW was around, the the more heated the whole uh, war between him and Heyman became. So uh, I'm sure it felt like a huge, uh, you know, conquest, you know, like some sort of military campaign where it's like, okay, now we finally, you know, stuck our flag in on their turf, you know. Yeah, after uh, years of being a fan of the product, and then to finally be able to kind of show there, and then to have a lot of their talents, it's, it's, it's very interesting. But what were your opinions on that? Uh, when uh, ECW folded, uh, and a lot of the talent came over and started working for XPW, what were your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, they were oftentimes pushed to the main event levels, as to where, you know, the guys who kind of got it started obviously had to move over to make room for the new ECW guys coming over. So what were you, what was the locker room thought on on that? Well, you know, I'm sure I'm sure everyone's was different. You know, uh everything that I got out of uh, XPW was just kind of like a uh See, I I'm a weird cat like that because like a, a lot of that stuff when I was being pushed, I it was just like you know, I wasn't really uh looking for it, you know. I wasn't uh I wasn't trying to uh to get those spots, you know. I, I I would have loved for for those guys, for those name guys to come in and uh you know, jump ahead of the line, you know. Jump in front of me, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh I ended up working with a lot of them, so I guess yeah, it was mostly just day? trust issues, you know. He knew Rob knew that the, you know, the guys who'd been with him the longest, the guys who uh never really questioned the whole uh, concept of being exclusive. And and I guess, you know, it was just kind of like a reward thing, really, you know. 
So he just he just knew that uh, he just felt safer pushing the guys that were here that were local that that they were that he knew that were uh, you know gonna you know just uh, basically stick with him you know because we we had seen him we saw him as a guy who you know who came into this with money and was definitely showing that he was committing to spending it you know, to, to make it into something, so. Whose idea was the Elvis gimmick? Oh, uh, that was mine. <laughs> and so, because it, it was a very unique transition to your character, and then uh, maybe it was because I didn't watch the TVs at the time, but it didn't really, I couldn't really follow it, but uh, you were, you know, the white trash guy web character, which at that time was uh, very smart in Sandman, and then upon Messiah's leaving, then you transitioned when you joined the, uh, Rob Black, you transitioned into the Elvis character. So how exactly did that come about? Well, you know, I mean, um, to uh, to get all uh, cerebral with it, um, I, I basically looked at it as, uh, you know, psychology-wise, uh, white trash wins the lottery, and um, money and fame will always make you more of what you already are. So if you're, uh, you know, if you're if you're a broke uh, douchebag, uh, you know, when you get money, you just become a, a rich douchebag, and uh, you uh, have more resources to do whatever it is that you need to do. So I, I just looked at it as, um, you know, here's a guy who uh, who has it all now, and it's just kind of like following the same path as Elvis, and you know, he's. Uh, He's just more concerned with uh, uh, his outfit or, or, you know, karate or whatever else, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, KZ, I'm, I'm going to let you take over. I actually have to run. So thank you very much, uh, Mr. Johnny Webb, and then I look forward to seeing you in the future. Good talking to you again, and good seeing you the other day, too. Oh, thank you very much. <clears throat> take awesome. care. It's it's great when Alex Saint you know reaches in and I give him the hot tag, I love it. He he's the man, but he uh, he happens to be at work, so he's uh, juggling. I happen and, to uh, be at work too. Uh, oh well, there you go, there you go. And you are working for Big Vision. Yes. Cool, cool. That's got to be a fun job. Well, you know, I mean, I've known. Uh, you know, I'm working here with uh, Kevin Kleinrock, of course, and um, mm-hmm. so you know we've known each other for like uh, 12, 13 years now. So uh, you know, it's not always a great idea to to uh, to work or to go into business with your friends and whatnot. But um, you know, for for the two of us, you know, he, uh, you know, I understand all his little uh, quirks and whatnot, and, and he puts up with the fact that I'm a giant asshole. So uh, you know, so we get along pretty good. And I get to, you know, I get to do what I love, you know. So uh, instead of, uh, instead of, you know, doing the the whole, uh, you know, spending half the day uh, editing porn and the other half of the day, uh, you know, working on the XPW show. Now it's just pretty much, um, you know, spending all day on uh, wrestling or uh, MMA or uh, poker or whatever, you know, all the other uh, things we put out here at the, 
Big Vision Entertainment. BVDVD.com. Got the life. Got the life. I should play that corn song just for you, man. No, thank you. You don't like corn? No, Jonathan Davis, he was on our uh, one of our shows. He was a uh, guest announcer. He's uh, not really a people person. Mm. Well, I, I think he's got some issues, but, you know, who the hell doesn't? Well, now, XPW, you know, was known as more of a hardcore promotion. Um, they did wrestle, but they were they were mainly known for the hardcore stuff. Um, I remember hearing that you were in a few of the death matches. Um, what do you think of that style, and would you... Looking back, would you have been able to do it on a regular basis? In other words, being in the actual uh, deathmatch division as opposed to the world title picture? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, it, it didn't matter to me uh, one way or the other, you know. Um, I uh, I kind of look at all those matches the same. You know, it's just it's a fight is a fight, you know. And uh, it, uh, you don't know uh, what level it's ever going to escalate to, you know? So uh, I could be working a uh, a lucha match where, uh, you know, I'm just going to get uh, a whole lot of hip tosses or whatever, or uh, I could be, uh, you know, getting thrown out of the ring onto a guardrail, you know? I just kind of look at it all the same way. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Now, the, the first King of the Deathmatch tournament that was held that was held by XPW. Um, what are your memories of that show? Considering it was, you know, it was, you knew you were going to get seven death matches. Right. So what did you think of the show overall as, as, a, as a worker? How did you think the show came off? Um, you know, a- after, a- at the time, I had no clue. Um, but, um, you know, seeing it afterwards, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, we were giving the people here something that, uh, that hadn't been done yet, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, just having shows completely de- dedicated to like a, a deathmatch tournament, you know, out here on the West Coast. So, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. That first, that first one though, that the night of though, I, I couldn't tell you much about what happened because I was, uh, I was completely shit faced. So, well, and needed to be so. So, well, yeah, exactly. I, I don't blame you if you're going to go into, go into something like that. Especially, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that that Messiah, you know, will go out and hurt you, but that's one guy that I just would not want to be in a death match with. Just I wouldn't. He's a little too convincing for me. Um, well, I brought up Billy. Um, what, what are your What are your thoughts on the Messiah? Um, you know, just uh, like I've, I've known him uh, from from Slammers, obviously, and um, at the time there was kind of a uh, there there was almost kind of like a, a clicks, you know. There were there were guys that were being trained just by Dynamite D and guys that were being mostly trained by uh, Carlito Montana. So um, you know it was 
there just always seemed to be some sort of a little like uh, wall there. I don't know, but I mean, we you know we got along great. You know, I mean, we just uh, we just never became like you know close. You know, we were never like real buddy buddy or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. There, he's Messiah's got all the talent in the world, but he just can't. I don't even think it's him. Or it's he just can't get to the, that next step. Step, you know, he he's right there, right at the top step, but he just can't seem to get over it. I I don't know why he he can he can do the deathmatch stuff. He can do a stronger style. He can. He, I've seen him do comedy. I mean, he can do pretty much anything, but he just couldn't get over that hump. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could you could describe uh, like seventy percent of us that were there in XPW. The exact same way, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, him and I both, you know. It's like could have had more if we would have been willing to, uh, you know, pursue it stronger. I guess, you know. There wasn't uh, at the time. There wasn't really this uh, in our minds, like this uh, need to uh, go out there and you know work on the East Coast. Uh, you know, try to try to get out from under the whole uh, XP, XPW uh, exclusive thing, and you know, branch out. You know, and and that's pretty much what we needed to do. You know, and if if we really wanted to uh, move on from there, you know, and then uh, it, you know, maybe in hopes of uh, making a bigger name for ourselves, and and uh, you know, hoping we could come back, or you know. Just, just it was it was just an awkward uh, scenario that we were all in, you know, Wh- which kind of uh, hindered our uh, ability to go out and and to to just progress, you know, just to just to uh, work different people and and get our name out there better, you know. Well, um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an interview discussing the Messiah. If we we didn't discuss the America's Most Wanted deal, um, what, what was your opinion on the on the attack and then the the piece after that America's Most Wanted aired? I've I've still haven't ever seen that uh, whole uh, America's Most Wanted thing. So I've I've uh, heard about it, but uh, I've never really seen it. So, what do you think happened? Um. Well, well, I was told what happened. <laughs> you know. Are you at liberty to to share or? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, what I mean is like I, you know, he he told us all what you know what had occurred, but like, you know, uh, you're you're really asking like, uh, who do I think did it, right? Oh no 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 no! I I that's. You know, but you know what? It's good that no that that there's always going to be these conspiracy theories. It's like JFK. You know, who who put who put the hit out on Messiah? It's you know it's part of our part of urban legend and lore now. So you know that's really not so important. I was just just wondering your feelings on on you know what was going on and but uh okay we'll skip that one. Um, I'm I'm looking through results 
and I'm seeing a couple names that that are standing out to me since I'm up here in Northern California. Um, Michael Modest and Donovan Morgan. Yes. Um, what are your feelings on, first off, their work in the ring and then them backstage? Um, I mean, both of them were great, you know, great workers. So, um, you know, the, there there was the... Uh, there was the uh the the first bit of effort made on our part to be more than just garbage wrestling obviously when we started bringing in guys like Modest and Morgan and Christopher Daniels and you know we were we were definitely trying to send that message you know that we weren't we weren't just uh, a bunch of guys uh you know rolling around in thumbtacks not all of us You know, they Rob Rob dropped the ball with Modest. Um, see, I first I first saw Modest in '97, and Mike was doing the wrestling is hardcore gimmick, where he was the anti anything hardcore, and it was he was so good at it, and and I think it would have worked in XPW, but I don't. Well, I think I, I think the problem was. It's funny that you bring it up, but I think the problem was there was that um, that wasn't really that much of a stretch, if you know what I mean. Because, um, cause, you know, you, you asked me about, like, you know, people backstage and whatnot, and, and that's just kind of the vibe that I got, and, and I think a few other people got, too, you know, where um, I, I, don't, I don't think he felt comfortable around a lot of us, you know. Because uh, obviously there weren't a bunch of angels back there. Not not the gay angel. I mean, like you know the uh, the spiritual angel from the Bible type. Not 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 the gay homo. But um, so you know, I I think he didn't care for uh, you know for seeing guys you know like Supreme with the you know with his big old bottle of Jack you know and uh, you know. Some douchebag like me smoking, and you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't comfortable around that, you know, and he didn't really, uh, he didn't really try to hide that. So, and uh, you know, because Rob was was very much like that too. I think he just didn't get along with the guy from the start, and and probably never honestly uh, felt comfortable there. So. Well, XPW was the complete opposite of where Michael came from. Oh, I know that. So, I don't know, though. The the, the anti-hardcore gimmick, I think, would have gotten over. It probably would have. He he was doing it in, in 97, and there, there's an infamous, there was an infamous show in mid-97 up here in Hayward, California, and the main event was Vic Grimes, Vicious Vic, against Mike Modest. And what happened was they, they didn't film the show. There w- it wasn't filmed at all. Like every other show, this was not filmed. So since, since the, sh- the show was not filmed, Modest decided to take a door off its hinges and gave Vic a T-bone suplex to it. And that was insane. And the reason I bring this, bring this show up is that for one, it was a dark show where it wasn't filmed, and for two, um, Taro from uh, Revolution Pro and uh, 
Pro Wrestling Gorilla made his debut on that show against Ultimo Dragon Sito. And Ron Rivera was at the show. Disco Machine was there. It was all these guys that, that went on, you know, on to, on to fame and fortune and whatnot on independent pro wrestling that were at this show. And it's just amazing how all these guys, <clears throat> how all these guys come from nothing and then they, they move up in the world. So um, I mentioned Ron Rivera. Do you have any Ron Rivera stories, and have you ever made a TJ trip with Ron? No, I have not made a TJ trip with Ron, but I know what that means, if you will. <laughs> um, Break it down. And Ron, Ron's a great guy, you know. Um, I, uh, I even trained with him for a while. I used to train at uh, Rev Pro when I was... Uh, when I had finally uh, recovered from my uh, ACL repair, and um, because see, uh, when when I won the title, um, like a couple weeks after I won the title, I I blew out my ACL uh, training. So uh, the whole time I had that belt, uh, I had a bad knee. Um, just basically uh, decided to just. Uh, tape it up until Rob got the stupid belt off me. As soon as he got it off me, lost to Shane Douglas, went and got it fixed. So uh, basically uh, took a year off, uh, started training again with Ron at uh, AWS, the uh, training facility that they had there. And, uh, you know, was uh, training with uh, Chris Bosch and uh, Super Dragon and... Uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Rising Sun. Um, man, I'm horrible at names. I drink too much. <laughs> How about Blue um, But, you know, just pretty much the whole laundry list of your uh, your uh, Rev Pro guys. Ronan. Um, and the list goes on. But anyway. So you you came back from the injury... And you were working out at, uh, with Ron and and whatnot. Um, did you take any shots with uh, Rev Pro at all? What do you mean? Um, did you, you mean did I work shots? any stuff with them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they uh, they uh, were doing shows at the uh, the AWS uh, venue um, with uh, you know. Uh, doing shows with Bart uh and um in uh City of Industry and uh later they uh they made a new brand uh Revolution X and it was uh you know it was more of a uh you know uh Rev Pro was was pretty much uh 80% lucha and Rev X was just kind of like um you know uh Soup of the day, a uh, little hardcore, a little uh, uh, mat wrestling, just everything. You know, they were they were just more potluck type shows. So yeah, I, I did uh, I did a lot of uh, stuff there with them. Well, you you've mentioned uh, AWS and Bart. Um, what are your feelings of Bart? A as as the owner of one hell of a pro wrestling shop. B as a promoter. Um, he's just you know he's just a really cool guy. 
who obviously loves uh, the business and, um, you know, I mean, the shows he puts on, you know, the the people that he brings in and whatnot, you know, I mean, I'm sure he qualifies for a non-profit status, you know, he's obviously just doing it for the love, you know, takes care of his guys, you know, usually, uh, usually uh, pays better than most of the other guys, you know, uh, out here. You know, just just tries to uh, just tries to recognize the uh, the guys that are willing to uh, put forth the effort and um, you know make make his name look good for 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 his shows. You know, for for an AWS show. You know, so it's it's all mutual, and I think all those guys you know really love and respect him. You know, just yeah. a really good guy. Just a good guy to have on the indie scene. Well, it's. The more companies that run, the better. The more, the more dates, you know, the boys get to take, and you know, more ring time, and you know, that that's that's the problem. You know, you have so many one-shot, you know, one-shot companies, and you know, there just aren't enough, you know, for these guys to be working every weekend. And but I'll tell you though, Bart runs what every two weeks, I think, or I know at least once a month. Yeah, I mean, he's he's somewhere within the the 3 weeks to a month. You know, every 3 weeks or every month, every 3 or 4 weeks. No. That's that's pretty cool. And also just just the idea. Just just the idea of a pro wrestling shop. Can't get any better than that, man. Right. You know, you just can't get any better than that. Exactly. <clears throat> Okay, let's go back to some results here. Well, here's a name that that has um, come up uh, with me in the last couple of days. Um, I know him as Bad Apple Joe Applebomber, also known as Pogo the Clown. What are your thoughts on Big Pogo? He's uh, he's just a really uh, nice guy. Uh, you know, always very friendly. Um. Uh, you know, pretty much, pretty much like uh, I, I have the same experiences with him that I have with uh, Vic Grimes. You know, just uh, real nice guys. You know, uh, always friendly. You know, fun, cool people to uh, to hang out with. And um, but um, that all goes out the window when they get in the ring, because because uh, Joe or Pogo or whatever he, whatever he's going by at the time he will he will fuck you up so yes he's a he's a wee bit stiff and uh he is a scary scary guy he is just very large and imposing and you know still still whenever i see him i'm just you know really just genuinely afraid of that guy and just spooks me out but i i do love the pogo the clown gimmick um it was Based on you know John Wayne Gacy and and that stuff, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised that the it wasn't explored more. Um, what do you think of the the Pogo the Clown gimmick? Well, you know, it, it was just a uh, it's just another uh, example of you know the the whole Rob Black experience. You know, I mean, the guy was. Uh, the guy loved his sex and violence, you know, and the guy was uh, uh, 
really into the whole, uh, you know, serial killer thing. You know, how some people just uh, become uh, fans of that type of stuff. And and uh, so I guess uh, he just uh, loved the uh, notion, you know. Some people, uh, big horror movie fans and, you know, that type. And Rob was definitely one of those, you know, people, you know. So, um, you know, I mean, cool, we, we had fun with it. It was a cool it. gimmick, though. I, it was a cool gimmick. I mean, I really loved it, but I, I don't think that they, they did enough. I don't think they did enough. I mean, it, you could have you could have really done some creative TV. Um, I don't want to bury I don't want to bury the booking c- crew of of XPW, but if you were to put that Pogo the Clown um, idea in the hands of Paul Heyman in say '96 or '97 at ECW, imagine what could have been done. Um, but then I think it's more of I don't want to say lack of creative. Um, Jeez, oh, I'm digging myself in a hole here. Okay, I'm all right. I'll say that. You, you know what it really was? I mean, um, I'm kind of. I, I think here. a lot of guys that that weren't, um, you know, that, that that weren't given enough of a uh, development. I guess is a good word for this. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was just basically, uh, you know, it was a matter of availability, you know, because, I mean, we were down here, and he was, of course, up there, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's not like uh, it's not like some of the rest of us where you could just uh, call us up at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning and just be like, hey, come down and shoot a promo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I, I, think, I think that's, uh, for most guys, you know, what hindered them the most, which is why you did see a lot of, you know, uh, chaos and GQ money and Supreme and you know the the people who were who were uh, more accessible. So okay, all right. Well, that 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 makes that makes sense. So it's more of a, more of a logistic problem as opposed to you know as opposed to a, a creative. Well, you mentioned it. You mentioned chaos. Um, what do you think of of chaos as a worker and then outside of the business? I think uh that he's an excellent worker who uh should have a uh a uh, a better uh he should he should give himself more credit, you know what I mean? He should uh I, I would I would love for him to have a little more uh confidence than, than he does in uh in pursuing bigger and better things. And um you know he knows he knows i uh, i feel that way and uh but uh you know it's it's uh still not too late you know the sky's the limit for him he just needs to uh you know if he really if he really wants it you know he just needs to uh, push harder to uh make that happen i think you know because the guy has plenty of talent and um you know maybe maybe he needs help uh you know pursuing bookings and whatnot and and uh getting more work and and getting out there and you know going to Mexico going to Japan going to Germany what have you you know to uh well, I'm I'm really surprised that that he's not signed to to a contract um he's been ready for a few years now he he's got the body he's got the look he's got a hell of a look a hell of a look. I mean, that's there's there's not 
too many guys out there that have the look and type of style where the way that he presents himself that he has. And I think that, that he'd be able to completely skip the developmental stage and just go right up. Um, I don't know if it's if he's not trying to get in, he's not sending you know tapes or whatever, or he's just um, I don't know what it is, man. But you know he should be somewhere in the WWE fold. But yeah, just, you know that's you know, that's that's opinion. how I feel. You know because I I mean I've known him forever. You know and um, we don't always get along. I mean we we are you know more like brothers than anything else. So. Uh, so we've probably fought a lot, you know, on a bunch of different things. But um, like I said, he's he's like family to me, and like you know, I'm always gonna have his back. But we don't always see eye to eye because I'll be the first one to, you know, to say that uh, that I think he just doesn't um, he doesn't push himself as as hard as he should to uh, you know to to get out there to. Uh, to move up the ladder, because I I I think he can do it, you know. Okay, how about any memories of the big man, Supreme? Um, the uh, the uncle of uh, chaos, yes. He, uh, you know, um, let me see the. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what year it was, but like I wasn't even training yet, okay? When when I had seen these two guys, because uh, you know I was always you know rockabilly greaser guy, you know, and I used to go to these these dirtbag these uh, dirtbag bars and stuff, and um, I discovered uh, Johnny Legend one day and his uh, incredibly strange rock and roll wrestling shows that he put on uh, down here in Hollywood. You know, and I was just uh, just uh, starting to comp- contemplate, you know, actually getting into this whole thing. And uh, so I went to one of his shows, you know, and he had all these crazy bands playing. And uh, and uh, then out comes this uh, tag team called Supreme Chaos. <laughs> you know, I mean, this this was this was much. I guess it was pretty much my very first indie show that I went to was was in this bar, you know, and this crazy show and. You know, <laughs> here comes these two guys, and it just uh, it just blew me away. You know that they were just so uh, they were just so different from from anything that I've ever seen on television. You know, I mean, I believe their match was against uh, uh, if you remember Christian Blood from the early uh, XPW. Uh, at the time, he and Craze uh, were doing. Uh, Kind of, kind of like a public enemy gimmick, and they were known as the Neighborhoods. So it was the uh, the Neighborhoods against Supreme Chaos, and um, I believe the stipulations of their match. I guess, I guess the prize for the match was they were uh, wrestling over a uh, six pack of uh, Tecate. So uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, there were there were bar tables pressed up against the ring. You know, uh, your typical LA crowd. Um, didn't didn't seem to phase them one bit that, that guys were flying out of the ring and literally landing on their table, like on their glasses and stuff, and there was, you know, glass on the floor and, you know, Supreme's landing on you, Chaos is landing on you, you know, just totally wild, crazy shit. And so, uh, you know, that that's that's where I, uh, 
that was my first experience of them, you know. And uh, when we first started uh, going out and recruiting guys, you know, and, and Rob was uh, giving us his whole uh, pitch, you know, and his whole vision, uh, this is what I want, you know, my company to be like, you know. I was the first one to say, you know what, I, I know these guys that are perfect for you, and you're going to love them. And sure enough, you know. But, uh, you know, because I, I didn't think at the time, though, that they would be uh, – that they would be interested in that whole concept of, of you know, being exclusive, you know, because uh, the other two guys, the, the neighborhoods, because I was also trying to get them in too. And um, so uh, those two had problems with it, but uh, but Supreme and Chaos, like right off the bat, they were like, no, no, this this uh, guy looks real committed and it looks like he's willing to put money into it. And so they were the they they were one of the first guys on board you know and they were just like fuck it let's do it you know this is this is the uh this is the place where we were meant to be you know and as it turns out you know that that was correct so okay, uh, uh excuse me <clears throat> supreme ended up being the you know the 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 flag bearer for XPW um he he put the company on on his back as far as the hardcore stuff's concerned. He put it on his back, you know. He carried it, and 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 I give him all the credit in the world. Um, I give you the credit in the world for uh, for making the world title, you know, actually mean something. Um, okay, looking through some results here. Uh, wow, here's a name that I haven't seen for a while. Steve Rosano. Any um. Any stories about Steve or memories? Um, you know, I just uh when when he uh when we found out that he was gonna come in, you know, um because of the whole the whole thing with uh Modest and Morgan, you know. It was you know, the consensus was, Oh, here we go again, another uh APW guy, you know, probably gonna be problems again or you know. But no, Steve seemed to like uh you know, he he wasn't uh cut of that same cloth, you know. He he wasn't uh he wasn't too concerned about um you know, like uh is is this gonna come off as something sleazy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he, he embraced it. That's kinda like the guy you know, that's kinda like who he was as well. So he, he fit in he fit in great, you know, right off the bat, you know. Yeah, I, I know Steve personally, and and it it wasn't a, when I heard that he 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 came down to XPW, it didn't surprise me at all. I was like, yep, you know, he'll fit in, no problem. He'll do okay. So, um, actually, I'm having Steve on the show on the sixth. So, he's uh he's making uh, his return to a wrestling show on I think it's the tenth, either the ninth or tenth, up here in Santa Clara. So. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna see him. I haven't seen seen Steve in over ten years. So uh, did, did I did I uh, see correctly on there that you uh, that you also listed that you're having XPW historian Jonathan Barber on your show? Yes. Now uh, let me ask you this: how did how did he get such a uh, prestigious title? <laughs> I gave it to him. Oh, okay. Because I w- I was thinking maybe he like you know. Uh, no. Might have sent you some sort of uh, literature where that was written on there. No, no, no. That's that's that was all me. 
That was all me. I chose to flip Mr. Barber over. So. Okay then. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm I'm going through results here, and it 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 shows that that XPW had the honor, and I say honor, to have working for them probably one of the greatest lucha tag teams ever, um, Mexico's most wanted, Damian and Halloween. What are your opinions on those two? Um, really nice guys, really fun guys, you know, just uh, always, you know, in a good mood, having a good time. Um, just, uh, I mean, I, I miss them right now. <laughs> just, just you, uh, just you, uh, bringing their name up, you know, um, just, you know, a lot of good times, um, got along with everybody, you know, never had any, uh, ego or anything, you know, just always here we are here to work, you know, have a good time. Um, just, just great guys, you know? Yeah, they are great talents, and you know it's a shame that they're broken up. It, it really sucks that they're broken up because uh, they were they were a really really good team. Why um, are they broken up? See, I don't know. One one is in AAA, the other's in CMLL. Oh. So uh, I think Hall- if I remember right, Halloween was fired from CMLL. So it's and, like a it's like a Romeo and Juliet thing now. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Be nice if they could meet on vacation in California. But, yes. You know. Okay. Also, you know, I, I, I'm going through the results here, and and I, I see a some lucha influence. You know, we have Ruby Guerrero, we have Psychosis, um, Mexico's Most Wanted, um, Vampiro. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they they didn't use that they didn't use um, the luchadors more. You know, in a in a bigger type role as opposed to a special attraction. Um, do you think that that if they were put higher on the card, it would have meant something more than what they were doing? No, I just I just think that um, you know they seem to be cool with with what it was that they were doing with what they had, and um, then again we're going back to uh, the whole uh, availability issues, you know, and so. I, I think that was just pretty much it, you know. Like uh, we appreciated having them, and you know, and they help legitimize things, you know, and and uh, help uh, cast a spotlight on guys like Chaos and you know, and uh, myself and and others, you know. So, but just yeah, just all good, uh, just all good memories of all that, you know, just. Um, very very low low drama issues from pretty much everybody that that came in, you know. Except for maybe Nicole Bass. She was a bit needy. What what was up with him? <laughs> well, uh Nicole Bass, uh her husband. See, I said her husband. I said her. You said him. Well, what was you? But uh her husband or boyfriend, I don't know what the hell he was, but uh, he was he was kind of a he was kind of a handful in a pain of pain in the ass sort of way, and she was too. You know, they were uh, they weren't mean spirited or anything like that. They were just kind of nutty. They were just a little too nutty, you know, like uh, like Cronus. You know, Cronus Cronus nicest guy in the world. You know, but um, at the end of the night, 
you know, he's probably going to, before he gets in the shower, he's probably going to strip naked, and he's probably going to shake his body like a dog, and he's going to spray blood all over the walls. You know what I mean? Nice guy, though. But, you know, he's probably going to get you in a little bit of trouble with the venues. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> Nicest guy in the world, too. Yeah, I have to agree. Loved working with that guy. Vampiro. Now, I, I heard that Vamp was was some trouble backstage politically. Um, you don't have to go into anything but a yes or a no answer would suffice. In XPW? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, what are your opinions on Vamp in XPW, the work he did there, and have you seen any of his work outside of XPW? Well, yeah, I mean, we also worked together in WSX. You know, I was uh, I was managing the trailer park boys there, and so we, you know, we got to, uh, you know, hang out again. And, um, you know, he's just, um, you know, maybe uh, there's there's guys that you know you have to put, you have to put in this special category. There's guys, there's your Shane Douglas and your Conan and your Vampiro. You know, guys. Uh, you have to put them in a special category because you know they're, um, you know they're your alpha male types. You know they they like to uh, be in charge. You know they like to, uh, you know they like to offer their opinion and and uh, all those things. And you know and uh, maybe that's uh, why people have static with them. You know what I mean? But you know they were they were all there to help. They were all there to, uh, you know, to, to put the company over and. And everyone else, and you know, they were they were all uh, they were all team players at the end of the day. But maybe maybe because they were, um, you know, just kind of that whole uh, born leader type of uh, person, that maybe that's why they rubbed some people the wrong way. So that's my opinion of it. That's my psychoanalysis. <clears throat> okay, now I need to know. Is Angel, the hardcore homo, a shoot homosexual? I don't know. Neither do I. I, I really, I really don't care either. You know. Oh, it doesn't matter. Have you ever seen a bump machine like that, kid? Um. Yes. He's just the like a, a human pinball. Yeah, I, I, I've seen a guy like him named uh, Homeless Jimmy. There you go. Just uh, two guys that uh, that uh, you know, e- even GQ money for that matter. You know, just guys who uh, who love the big spot. You know, who were uh, Supremes. Well, you know, guys who were willing to just say fuck it and you know, and uh, just uh, live for that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's kind of funny speaking about Jimmy because uh, like some of my. Uh, my memories, like uh, when New Jack came in, you know, um, first he, first he's uh, diving out of the uh, balcony of the uh, the Olympic, and uh, the, the the first thing I hear <laughs> the next day is is uh, is how bummed out Jimmy is, you know, because cause now now the bar has been raised. <laughs> You know, like he was, like as soon as that went down, he was foaming at the mouth to top. That's what kind of a nut that kid was, you know. 
insane. Yes. That's just... But, you know, there's a spot on the card for that, and, you know, those guys, you know, it's not like he's going to go out and... Jimmy's not going to go out and give you a five-star classic. But he knows how to entertain people, you know, and, and he did a rather good job at it. Well, I mean, you need to you need to plug people in the right way, you know. I mean, when uh, when Jimmy was uh, in Slammers with me, you know, he was uh, Jesse James or Jimmy James. He was just very uh, scoop of vanilla type of uh, persona, you know, just uh, very vanilla ice cream. And uh, then in uh, in uh, UIWA, I believe he was uh, Skull Crusher, which was just a very um, you know, look like a character from uh, Highlander. You know, just uh, just cutting really weird promos and stuff, and just like wasn't very believable. And like people, people just didn't like it. You know, so uh, you know, I kind of I came up with the whole. Uh, actually, I stole the Jimmy gimmick from the uh, the uh, commissioner of uh, extremely strange wrestling up there in. Uh, Frisco that you guys used to have up there. Holly. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I said, well, why don't, why don't we have a, why don't we make him a homeless guy, you know? So he can kind of uh, go that same Sabu route and he doesn't have to talk, you know, he can just mumble to himself and, you know, swat imaginary flies and, and whatnot. And and we just, uh, you know, put it out there and saw if it worked and he was just like, you know, just natural at it immediately, like he had been doing it his whole life. And then, uh, you know, we just uh, came up with the concept to make him the, the, the super underdog and just, you know, never let him win and just getting beaten up. And he just loved the whole concept of, you know, just getting annihilated every time, you know. And, you know, when we uh, when we finally, uh, when he finally got that first uh, victory, you know, I mean, that was a payday, you know. I mean, that place erupted, you know. It was crazy. Well, you, you mentioned ESW. Well, uh, what are your uh, feelings and opinions on J.R. Benson? Nice guy. Crazy guy. Fun guy. Um, he, uh, he, he, really, he really loves his shit, too, you know. He's... Uh, He's he's definitely our uh, you, you could consider him like our target audience, you know, a guy like J.R. Benson, you know, <laughs> probably probably stolen some uh, women's shoes in his life, you know, probably has a uh, probably has abandoned a car because it had a boot on it or something, or you know, probably loves uh, metal and porno and horror movies and. You know, just being a scumbag. Well, you know, that's uh, that's pretty pretty close. See, some people take that as a, uh, you know, as a slur or whatever. But you know, I mean, this is this is coming from a guy who calls himself white trash Johnny Webb. You know, um, I I think it's better to uh, look at things like that as like a, uh, it's like a badge of honor. You know, like if you know if you really if you really love the shit, you know, it's 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 okay to say uh I'm an XPW fan, you know. Or uh, I, I'm I'm white trash or uh or I'm a dirtbag, 
It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Being honest. Nothing. Now we have a. Well, I'll just say the name, Vinny Massaro. What do you think of good old Vincenzo? You know, I I don't know why, but um, when when he was here with us, like I really didn't have that much interaction with him at all. You know, I mean. I think I think maybe we just you know said hello and goodbye to each other a couple of times here and there, but I couldn't really tell you that much more. You know, I just really never got any opportunity to, uh, you know, even have a drink or or uh, a bite of food with the guy. But um, you know, I had seen his stuff before and, and I saw what he was doing. You know, obviously on our shows, you know, and you know, great worker and stuff and. Uh, and and now I guess uh, he's going to be on Howard Stern or something on Thursday. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you know he he gets to be on Howard Stern. Um, I'm not quite sure why I didn't read the MySpace bulletin. I'm pretty the uh, the whole gimmick is um, Howard's having on uh, ugly dudes with hot girlfriends. There you go. So well, he's definitely an ugly dude. So. Yeah, I I was there for for Vinny's debut match in '97 when he came out as uh, Little Dick Grimes. He was Vic Grimes' younger brother, and they were a really good team. And um, it's it's amazing why Vinny has not, you know, moved on and and advanced to the next level, much like Chaos. Um, Vinny has the tools. He has the psychology. Um, Hell, he's a great trainer too. He trains at a, a company out here. Um, I just I don't understand why he's not you know stepping up to the next level. He's he's really good talent. Um, yeah, you know I mean w- with a lot of guys it seems like um, you either have to be, you know, a really good salesman and you have to be willing to, uh, you know, to just ma- make that a full time job of going out there and, uh, you know, looking for. Uh, promoters to use you and getting your name out there and uh you know talking to whoever you have to to get dark matches and, and stuff like that and you know there's a lot of work involved in that you you either you know need a a little bit of help from connected people to get your foot in the door in certain places or uh or you need to put a lot of time into it and um you know i think there's just a lot of guys you know they they uh you know they they have uh, normal uh, issues in in the normal world, and you know Bill's got to get paid and uh, got to got to have a job. As uh, Tracy Smothers says, uh, I need to uh, get a uh, a day job to support my wrestling habit. So, um, you know, I, th- I think that's that's what it boils down to. You know, it's uh, it's the uh, the the things in the normal world that that, that sort of trap you into. Uh, Holding on to that day job, or or you know, or you have uh, family issues, or whatever you know, or you uh, you don't uh, like the idea of uh, living out of a suitcase, you know. I think there's things like that that uh, that holds talented guys back. <clears throat> Do you have any Chris Candido stories? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Please yeah. Um, Chris and Tammy, you know. Uh, when they first came in, and uh, I guess they, they came in at the same time with uh, with Axel Rotten, and uh, and that was interesting because 
Axel, uh, when he came in, uh, his first match was with Supreme, and and I guess there was, I mean, I'm just giving bits and pieces of the story because I didn't hear it exactly myself. It's all like kind of secondhand, but um, I guess uh, just to uh, ensure that uh, that no uh, indie guy that he didn't know wasn't going to stiff him or whatever, he uh, he made sure to let Supreme know that he uh, that he that he kept a knife in his uh, in his boots. <laughs> so uh, you know. Which is kind of like a like a pre warning, you know, like uh, don't try to stiff me, uh, you know, don't try to don't try to get out of out of hand with me, you know, at, at my expense or whatever. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe Supreme had already made a that bad of a rep for himself. I don't know, but um, but anyway, uh, Chris and Tammy, yeah, they they came in and uh, you know just. Uh, just really nice people, you know, who didn't at all act like, you know, um, uh, we're here because of, uh, because we fucked up or whatever, you know, we had it, you know, things that you would expect, you know, a sort of attitude that just wasn't there, you know, they were just, you know, genuinely pleased to be there and helpful and, you know, with, uh, insight and, and just made everything better, you know, and just uh, uh, helped to make things legit, you know, helped to uh, to push guys like Messiah and myself and Damien Steele and, you know, just uh, just good experiences. Johnny, would you like to take a listener call? Sure, why not? Cool. All righty, I have another caller from the 818 on the line. Caller, who am I speaking with? Caller, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. Whom am I speaking with? Excuse me? Hello. Okay. Caller? Okay, we got a bad connection. All right. So, uh, caller, if you are listening, please call back in. We will take your call again. Okay. Maybe. Uh, we are talk- we'll <laughs> Maybe. think about it. There Since you, you dropped the ball. That's right. Well, I, I I hit the answer the answer button and no one responded. You got you got to um, hit the you got to hit the whole running as they say. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, now were you enter- as one of the boys? Were you entertained by watching Candido work? Because he would do things for the fans. He would do things for the referee. He would do things to entertain the boys in the back. Did you um, ever stick your head out of the curtain and just watch him? Well, like I said, I was I was editing the show, so I probably uh, I probably uh, um, have studied uh, more of all of these guys than anyone else. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, I appreciated all all of these uh, antics, if, if that's what you're asking. He was a brilliant worker. Yeah, I, I don't think there was, as far as pure talent in the ring. I don't think there there was ever a better in-ring worker than, than Candido. And and he was so well-rounded, he could do everything and you know, and that's just a a fucked up story. It just is. And and you know, it's it's funny cuz even though he had the looks, right, to be like you're, you know, you're just uh you know, ultra baby face, you know. Like I, I I never liked him like that. I mean, he was just he was just a great, you know, heel. 
just I mean I mean in like the in like the little cowardly little shit way type of a heel. You know what I mean? The Smoky the Smoky Mountain character I think was my favorite. Where he was he was the big crybaby and after exactly. he he'd he'd go down and kick the mat and do the crying and shit. And exactly. then they, they did the program with him and Tim Horner where he went around the horn wearing the diaper. Right. I mean, hello, that's right. money. You right. know, that that's good shit right there. Yeah. You know, ninety four Smoky Mountain or ninety three Smoky Mountain, that's good stuff. I, I, I still uh, feel that shit to that to this day, especially when I uh when I work lucha shows because um it seems like those are the only crowds that really appreciate that anymore. You know, to just be the you know, the the, the gringo heel that comes in and talks all this crap and you know and then uh at the end of the day is, you know ran out on a rail, you know crying and covered in as I said earlier, covered in dirt and tortillas, you know, and it's just it's it's just great to uh to work that way, you know, sometimes. Just for fun. So what what companies are you currently working for? Uh you mean wrestling? Yes, sir. Um right now I'm doing stuff with uh Epic Epic War whatever else name he's adding on to the end of that. It used to be Epic and then it used to be War and then now it's Pro Wrestling Epic War. For and now. It's Gary now. Ask the promotion, so Yeah, Gary Yeah. For Gary. <laughs> Scarhead. Scarhead? Lobotomy boy. It's <laughs> horrible. I'm not I'm not gonna go on my, my Gary Yap rant. We'll we'll leave that. Leave that alone. Let's just say that it's a good thing that he's about 500 miles away from me. But uh, all right. <laughs> if you if you want to drop that one, I got all I got tons of dirt on that. I got dirt on everybody though. I know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. So uh you worked you worked with uh on the same show as my partner Alex Saint. Um you care to talk about the match that you worked at that show? Who was it with, and how'd it go? Um, it was uh, me and a couple other uh, Mexican fellers who uh, who uh, choose to uh, take the stance that uh, the uh, the illegal aliens in this uh, state should be uh, sent home because they uh, don't have their papers and whatnot. And uh, we were up against, uh, I believe, it was Karateka and. Uh, Huracan Ramirez Jr. and Super Mojado, the champion of uh, all the uh, SoCal illegals, I guess is what he's billing himself as. Jeez. Horrible. Super Mojado. <laughs> so are, That's super are you wet Jeez. Um, oh, <laughs> <Political. laughs> so much for politically being politically correct, but that's okay. We don't give a fuck here on Rubber Guard. So um are you do you plan on picking up more of a regular schedule or um just working when you feel like it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not um I'm not uh, really looking for bookings, you know. I just uh take what falls into my lap, you know. I'm just uh I've been uh you know, back back at it on a regular basis for the past uh, 
eight months or so, just uh, really just uh, mostly gearing up for this show that's coming up on the 24th. So just making sure all the rust is off. The knee is well, good and uh, getting in the gym. and uh, You were I, – I met you at the March New Wave Pro Wrestling Show in San Diego. Yes. And I must say you were looking very, very good and fit. Um, now, well, we're going to talk about that show. Um, what match on that show stood out to you? Um – because there were there were a couple barn burners there, so I, I I don't know so much about matches. There were just like moments, you know. I mean, obviously, people were talking about uh, your boy uh, Alex Saint and uh, shoving that uh, nurse Nancy like uh, a good fifty feet into the crowd or whatever. That looked ugly. Fans sure, sure didn't appreciate that. I loved it. Oh, I did too. That was great. But um, the uh, Ariel Star and um, uh, Scott Lost, that was a good match. Yeah, that was that was good stuff. Um, I actually I filmed the, that match too, so there's there's alternate camera shots and whatever, and and I happened to be filming by the side of the entry the entrance there, and uh, towards the beginning of the match. Uh, Ariel Star nails uh, Scott with a dive, and it was just no hand. <clears throat> Somersault planche. It was just sweet and clean, and you know it, it didn't matter that that Ariel Star lost the match. He kept up with Scott. You know Scott made Ariel Star, you know made him a star that night. And for me, that was that was the match of the night. Um, that was fun. That was just good stuff. And, uh, well, I mean, you know, it was a good match, but I actually thought that the uh, the TJ and uh, LTP and Chimera match was better. Really? Even though it, it ended early? Yeah, but what are you gonna do? But it, it was well, it was good. It was, you know, when you go when you go to a French restaurant, they don't give you like a big bowl of uh, of stuff. They uh, they they only fill up the tiny little bit of the plate. Mm-hmm. You know they give they give you a kind of a kind of a half ass portion so that, so that you'll appreciate it more, you know what I mean yeah, but they they were just getting going, and the referee had to fuck up the fuck it up there and and you know that just that's not that happens, but I mean if you can if you can appreciate you know if you can appreciate what you got, then it was it was good for what you got I have to agree i mean i, agree. I, I hear what you're saying it could have been a whole lot better. But it was it was pretty good for what it was. Oh, I'm I'm being rough on it because when when I first saw the the card on paper, I picked that one as this this the match of the night. That was gonna be that was my pick for match of the night. Right. That one was gonna be it. Just because the three the Chimera, Chimera is awesome. I love Chimera. LTP, you can't say enough good stuff about that guy. Hell, he works for Zero One. And then there's T.J. Perkins, who's been you know pretty much all over. You know, I mean, how can you not have a good match with those three guys in the ring? Right. Um, now, uh, what what was your opinion on Anchors Away as a tag team? Let me ask you something. How, how long have those guys been a team together anyway? You know what, that's, 
That's a really good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, I mean, has it been, like, more than, like, a couple of years? Or less? Maybe maybe close to two years. Yeah. I think. I mean, that that really impressed me because, I mean, the... I mean, they just work really good together, and and what they do, I mean, they just have it down, you know. And, and it's just the, it's just the perfect thing for uh, for that uh, for that location, you know, San Diego, obviously. And um, you know, like you you, you see a lot of uh, San Diego SoCal feds, you know, especially like in the on the Lucha shows, where you know someone's always working that angle where you know. Uh, we're the we're the evil uh, INS guys, or we're you know the the border patrol guys, or or we're cops, you know, you know, coming to uh, to roust all the uh, the illegal luchadors, you know, and it's just it's just kind of a nice spin, because I mean I I I, uh, I went to high school in San Diego, so so I really appreciate you know all that shit for what it for what it is, you know, because I I know what it is that they're trying to convey, you know, that's, that uh, here's these uh, uh, rowdy sailors who come into town, you know, who are, like, always getting into shit, you know? And they're just, you know, they're just uh, just always looking for trouble or they just always attracting trouble, you know? And I just, I, I'm just really impressed with uh, their whole presentation. It was amazing. Um they had a really good tag match, and they took maybe all of three bumps. Right. And they didn't have to. Right. They did all their, their comedy and their shtick. Um, I'm not going to get into that stuff because uh, you need to go out of your way to see Anchors Away somehow. You can get footage of them at so at WrestleWarehouse.com. Right. Plug for my sponsor. But uh, you need to go out of your way and see these guys. Um it's just it's just insane. I mean, they they took all of three bumps, and it was just some of the craziest stuff. I've I've never seen them live. I've seen them you know on DVD before, and you know and and I was at the show as a guest, and I saw them, and I was just I was just shocked. You know, these guys they did nothing. They did right. nothing. You know, one of them was working hurt with a very bad bad knee. Right. And they you couldn't tell. It was right. just it was just fun stuff. Um So what 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 do you think of San Diego? You know, you 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 made the appearance at that new wave show. Um what if you were to get would you take a booking down there? Yeah, I would, but but now I'm going to make a comment that will probably fuck that up. But that's just how I am. You know, I I I like to just, you know, it. just give an honest opinion, you know? And uh, the way I saw it, man, because cause I, cause I know there's a lot of the guys down there, you know, that they're, you know, maybe they're still in their rookie year or whatever, you know. And um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not putting them down or nothing like that. I'm just all I'm saying is they, they are spoiled. They are so spoiled to have such great turnouts with fans that are just like, I mean, those are like some of the best fans I've ever seen. They're, they're, you know, they're happy with a, with a good arm drag. You know what I mean? And um, they're just loud and rowdy and into it the whole time, and just just a really great fan base. You know, that's that's like like a like a veteran guy. You know, that's like a dream. You know, to 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 go work shows like that all the time, instead of you know like sometimes you'll go you know 
out in uh you know the somewhere lost between uh Fresno and Bumfuck, you know, and and maybe like 20 people show up and you know, you you give it the same effort, you know, and for 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 practically no one, you know. But uh but to be spoiled like that as 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 you know, like a like a greenie, you know, like a as a rookie, you know, with crowds like that. I mean, they're just like uh they're just they're just so spoiled. It's crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, envious of the of the the kind of fans that they have down there. And I'd love to work down there, so if anyone wants to give me a call, I'll, I'll be there. Well, that that shouldn't be an issue. You'll be uh you'll be contacted after the show. That's that's a given. Um I I would personally like to see you working working more um in the San Diego scene. Um there are there's some really good hidden talents down there. Um they they don't get enough love because of of uh of Gorilla up there in LA. You know, SoCal there's more to SoCal than just Gorilla. Right. But re- you know? Gorilla came from Rev Pro and Rev Pro came from, you know, let's go let's go uh work on a on a SCCW show and let's go work on a this and and let's just go work with other people who are more knowledgeable and better than ourselves and and let's let's better ourselves through them and learn from them ex- their experience and you know and then uh, ultimately that's what they became you know what i mean so it's the same thing for those guys down there you know if uh if if they got the if they got veteran guys coming in there if they if if they're always looking for uh for bigger and better talent you know to uh to come you know, to work with and, and learn from whatnot, then then they're going to get better too. You know, it's this is just the the beginning of their story down there. You know, I mean they they can they can have that for themselves too, one day. You know. Well, yeah, they're they're rebuilding down there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, and... it's 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 in infancy stages right now. You know what I mean? But I mean, they could they could have the same fortune as as PWG in a couple of years. You know, you never know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know if. You know the thing the the chips fall the right way um I think that they're they're on the road on the road there. They did the right thing in that March show by bringing in bringing in Scott to work with Ariel star um from time to time you bring in you know a larger name you know i mean the, he doesn't even have to put the other guy over right you know Ariel star lost that match right, but I don't remember that right. I remember you know them going a solid you know fourteen minutes and it was good stuff. Most people don't, you know what I mean. But I mean that's what it's all about, you know. It's 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 not it's not even just about um, being able to put on paper that so and so worked with uh, Sabu or Vampiro or Shane Douglas or Terry Funk or you know. It's not about that. It's 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 about it's about that guy actually working with those people and learning from those people and becoming a better wrestler and then you know. Yeah, exactly. Eventually. You know, returning the favor to some other little little turd who's trying to get into the business. You know, it's the circle of life. Exactly, the circle of life. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly what it is. Now, as far as um, other guys that were that were on that new ape show that you saw, anybody else catch your eye? Um. 
yeah, probably. But like, I just not good with the names, you know. Was he maybe, maybe if I had uh, maybe if I had pictures with names under it at my disposal, I could probably. Did he have uh, a mask? Um, didn't a lot of guys have, have masks? I don't know. Did you, did you, were you there for the main event? Did you stay for the whole Battle Royal? Yeah, I was there for the whole, whole thing, yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, SoCal Crazy was number two, and he went all the way to the end. Right. Um, that guy's a stud. He's yeah. a stud. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he kind of like the, the franchise guy down there. Yeah, he, he had a match with, uh, with Adam Pierce this past Saturday where, uh, for the SoCal Pro Wrestling when you're anniversary show and they just they they tore the house down i mean it was just or I, you know i take that back yeah it was him and pierce that was just good stuff um i i'm trying to get i'm trying to get uh socal crazy up here um he's just such a good talent and and he can work with anybody yes um I, actually i would like to see you and him go i think that would be a pretty interesting match that would be fun hmm I am I am definitely trying to uh to work uh, more lucha here and there, you know. Yeah, I, there's there's uh there's a lucha company that runs every two weeks down in San Diego, Oceanside, um ran by Oscar. Um I forget his last name, but it's L L I I and they they do rather well. Um and they, they tend to um to use indie guys as well. So that that might be, you know, something, um, you know, you might be able to, you know, hook up a hook up a shot with him, right? You know, here or there. So I'll um, what I'll do is I'll shoot you some information about Oscar's promotion. Um, they, you know, they bring in from time to time they bring in a bigger name to headline, and you know they they run rather rather good shows. But um, well, you mentioned lucha. Have you ever been to Mexico to work? Um. No, not to work. I've, I've I, I had a, a hard enough time dealing with the uh, with the instances here that I don't think uh, my Espanol is uh, is is up for that uh, level of a challenge. You know, I would I would have to be working with a guy that uh, that was uh, pretty good with the English. You know, I think because just just my experiences here with. Uh, with some guys, you know, it's kind of rough. I mean, I, I, I speak a bit of Spanish, but it's not very good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is um, it's kind of funny because uh, one of my favorite matches that I ever had was with uh, Nosawa, and um, the 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 bad amount of Spanish that I knew was just enough for us to get the job done because uh, I don't speak Japanese and he doesn't speak very good English, but we both speak shitty spanish so we uh we just managed you know to uh to have a really uh fun time with yeah, uh with the limited uh skills that we had there to communicate that's a guy that i i really love watching um i love nosawa i i just can't wait each week for my my all japan dvds to come in i i love that guy's work he is so fun to watch He's just a just a nut, you know. He's just a nut. I'd I'd love to, you know, sit back for a couple hours and you know, um, partake um, with that gentleman and you know have a couple beers and whatever. And he just 
is is he that that mellow backstage as well? Yeah, he's just a kind of a crazy, nutty, happy guy, you know. Kind of, kind of, pretty much. Um, what you see is what you get, you know. I dig that. When when I uh, when I saw him work, and then when I got to know him, I was you know. I was pretty convinced that yeah, you know, it's pretty much. Uh, he pretty much is who I who I thought he was. And he's he's one guy that that I would hope would take you know a one year excursion and just you know come here and and stay here for a year, you know go on tour with the clowns and whatnot and you know work shots in between and you know just because I would love to see him, um, I'd love to see him live. I mean, I, I've seen it. You know, I've seen DVDs of him. You know, working for Gorilla and um, XPW, and uh, I think AWS too. I think, yeah, I have a, I have a match with him and Damian in a no DQ from AWS, and they just go all over the place. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and he worked stuff. for uh, Epic also. Mm-hmm. You know, he did he did shows out here for them too. Oh, man, that guy is just so talented. And you know, the thing is, he's he's not he's well rounded too. He can he can do the stronger style. He can do the lucha. You know, he can do the the fast paced Japanese junior stuff. So he you know he's not pigeonholed. You know, he he's able to do different different stuff. And you know, that's that's what what my problem with newer guys now. Um, they get trained and they're one style. Oh, I'm just a submission guy. Oh, I'm just a striker. You know, you don't have guys that are learning different types of styles. And, and, and I preach that to my friends that are, you know, in the business or breaking in, that they need to train differently, learn different styles, work with different different types of people so that you are, I don't want to say marketable, but, but you're, you're, you're more likely to get booked above other people. Yeah, I mean that's how I do. I mean, and that's that's not for anyone's benefit other than my own, you know. I mean, but yeah. you know, I, I I walk it like I talk it, you know. I still I, I you know I'm humble. I I go to you know train in other people's uh, schools, you know. Still, you know, I don't I don't uh, think I know it all. I'm always looking to learn. I've went and trained lucha and 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 uh, hardcore and uh, mat wrestling and some MMA and I have a martial arts background, you know, and I wrestled in high school, you know, and and I throw it all in there, you know what I mean? And I tell all these kids now, you know, it's like, if you're going to go to school, that's great, you know, but just uh, just don't uh, grow roots there, you know. Um, you know, l- learn what you can when you when you think you've uh, you've learned all they have to offer there, you know. Go uh, go go train somewhere else, you know. Go go work with a whole other set of guys, you know. Learn learn about the business, you know. Wherever you go, wherever you right. go, you'll learn something different. Right, because well, if you uh, if you learn that lucha style, then you can uh, then it makes it easier for you to go uh, consider getting bookings in TJ or whatever, you know, or yeah, exactly. work in Japan, you know, same thing. Exactamundo. Well, John, um, I got about five minutes left. Wow, I only planned on having you on for an hour, but we got you for almost two. That's right. That was tremendous, brother. Thank you for your time. Um, I am a bottomless well of information and knowledge and happy times. I do have one more question. Um, what is the next wrestling release from Big Vision? Um, it's funny you say that because I'm wrapping it up right now. It's going to be the uh, 
it's going to be the Hardy Boys. Um, basically, it's the uh, the history of Omega wrestling. Yes. So you're going to learn all about uh, Champagne, first name Sham, last name Pain. You learn about the uh, serial thrillers. Um, attack That's team with uh, right there. with Shane Helms. You're gonna learn about Willow West. You're gonna learn about Surge. You're gonna learn about uh, uh, Jason Arndt, who was who was Venom there. He was uh, part of the Mean Street Posse later on. So that fed uh, that that that's a crazy thing. I mean that that is like the uh, the high standard for all indie feds because uh, there were 12 guys that came out of there that got uh, you know WWE, WCW, whatever contracts, all out of one indie fed in the backwoods of the Carolinas. Yeah, that Fascinating was shit. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight, man. Oh my god, that was the good shit. Wow. All right. So that'll be available in August, I believe. August, at fine retailers. Yes. Um. Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wrap it up. Um. How would uh, fans be able to contact you or promoters that would like to book you? How can they contact you? Uh, just uh, find me on MySpace, I guess. That's uh, that's the way I get the most of that. Uh, that kind of stuff done. MySpace.com uh, slash uh, XPWSX underscore WTJW. Awesome. Awesome. All right, brother. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, good luck on the 24th. Hopefully uh, you guys draw well and, uh, you know, we're not well, it's practically sold out now, so. Well, there you go, and hopefully the DVD sales will uh, will uh, be pretty high, so you guys can run another show. Yeah, if you haven't got your tickets yet, you know, whatever's left, uh, might wanna might wanna grab them. We we have uh, a ton a ton of surprises on that show. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, once again, John, thanks for your time, brother. It was my pleasure. It was fun. Um, Good luck on the show, and uh, keep up the good work with Big Vision, brother. I really, I for one, appreciate your work. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. All right, take care. All right, brother. Okay, that was XPW superstar white trash Johnny Webb. Wow, we went almost two hours with Mr. Webb. That's insane. Um, I only planned on going an hour, and then I was going to open the phone lines, but I guess we didn't have to. We had Mr. Webb. Um, wow. That's a little news there for you. The uh, the next Big Vision Entertainment release would be uh, the history of Omega, which is the Hardys out there in Carolina. Um, you need to go out of your way to get this. This is fun shit. 97, 98 was the year for that stuff. Um, good stuff. Uh, we're coming down to a minute. Um, yes, the next five shows... Uh, will be XPW-based shows, uh, spotlight shows. Um, coming up on Thursday, we will have... Okay, let me get the calendar here. Uh, excuse me. Coming up Thursday, we will have... Uh, in the first hour, we'll have the Hardcore Homo Angel... And in the second hour, we'll be having GQ Money of XPW fame. Um, this show is brought to you by our sponsor, 
WrestleWarehouse.com for all your Lucha Libre, pro wrestling, uh, masks, all kinds of different shit. Um, tell uh, Jeff from Wrestle Warehouse that KZ from Guard Radio sent you. Also, our other sponsor would be FogCityWrestling.com. Um, if you're anywhere in the Northern California, hell, Southern California, Nevada, whatever, um, there will be on Cinco de Mayo a DVD release party for the Fog City's first show. Uh, you can get info on that, uh, FogCityWrestling.com. And their upcoming show, July 5th, Kizar Auditorium, San Francisco. Once again, FogCityWrestling.com. Um, that's it for the sponsors. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, myspace.com backslash rubberguardradio. Also, check out our site, rubberguardradio.com. Uh, that should do it. And I'll talk to you kids on Thursday. Blog Talk Radio. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.